Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The following podcast was originally recorded and released for my Patreon on February 5th, 2021. Find that at patreon.com slash Stephen R. Orr. But until then, just sit back and listen to this episode where you're going to hear me say stuff like, holy crap, folks, holy crap. I mean it. Holy crap. Holy crap. I say, I say, I say, holy crap. I just finished watching WandaVision episode five. I've only watched it the one time. I typically like to watch it at least twice before I sit down and start recording my thoughts on it. But the ending blew me away to such an extent that there is just no way I'm not going to want to talk about this right away. So here we go. Spoilers aplenty. Beware. Buckle up. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to another episode of my other podcast. I'm your host, Stephen, and let's stop beating around the bush and let's just talk about this episode already. I tried to take notes while I was watching. I, like I said there at the beginning, what I like to try to do is I try to watch it once without taking any notes, even though I end up taking notes anyway, and then I try to watch it a second time so that I can pause and rewind and look stuff up and get really into the grimy details, but I I didn't do that this time because this episode blew me away to such an extent that I have to talk about it now. So this episode was called On a Very Special Episode. It's set in the 80s. This is our 80s episode. It was very family ties. We'll get into that in a minute, but the episode opens. This actually goes back and forth between what goes on on the show and then what's happening outside of Westview. So we'll so what's happening in Westview and what's happening outside of Westview. And so we open outside of Westview in the sword encampment. Monica is being, she's being checked out by a medic. We get a bit of a voiceover as she's being scanned and whatnot. And she's kind of relating her experience to the director. Um, she talks about being in pain and feeling terror and her mind being under control by Wanda. Uh, Jimmy and Darcy come in to let Monica know that she that they're getting ready to have a briefing that she needs to come to, and they bring her some clothes. And the medic comes back in and says that there's something wrong with her machine, and they need to take the scans over again. And she shows Darcy the screen, and it's like there's some black blobs, but basically it's it's blank. And Darcy says there's nothing there. And the the medic says, well, yeah, there's obviously something wrong with the machine. We need to do the tests again. And Darcy says, well, what about her blood work? And the the medic says, well, we need to do that again as well. 
Monica, however, she's she's having none of it. She's nope, nope, not doing this. I'm getting out of here. And then they don't touch upon that again for the rest of the episode. But it's my thought, it's my belief, it's my hope, it's my desire that this is the tease that Monica now has superpowers because she does in the comic books. So she either was given these superpowers due to her very brutal expulsion from Westview by Wanda, something about the way Wanda's magic power, hexing power mixed with her being forced through the field around Westview gave her these powers, or maybe they were already within her. Maybe we're going to discover at some point that something else had happened to her and this uh, awakened the powers within her, which would kind of tie into that whole awaken the goddess within you commercial. But we don't know. There, There's a scene near the end where I was really hoping we were going to find out that she's got powers, but they didn't do it. So I do feel, though, deep within my bones that we are going to see that at some point before the end of the series. I also noted, one of the notes I wrote down was that when I was watching the previously on there at the beginning of the episode and they were they were showing Monica being expelled from Westview, I made a little note because it didn't hit me until just then that when folks go into Westview, when they go through the field, their outfits, their hairstyles, everything about them is changed to fit the stage dressing of the show inside of Westview. And yet when she is ejected from Westview, she doesn't change back. Her clothes don't change back. Her hairstyle doesn't change back to what it was before she went in. And I wondered if that holds any kind of significance. And we do learn that there is a bit of significance to that. We, we They do touch on it a little bit in the episode. We'll get to that when we get to that. But we go into Westview. There's uh, Wanda and Vision are dealing with the twins, the babies, Billy and Tommy. They're both crying. They're each holding one. The, the babies are crying. They can't get them to stop. W- Wanda tells Vision that he needs to he needs to go get the binkies. So they they lay the kids down in their respective bassinets, and Vision goes out into the house to find their binkies. Now, the house, again, because this is the 80s, it's changed. It's very family ties. Um, I read somewhere that this was supposed to be the Who's the Boss episode. And as I'm looking at this house, I'm like, no, this is not a Who's the Boss house. This is a very early 80s family ties house. I feel like Who's the Boss was more late 80s or maybe mid 80s, but this is very, very much family ties. And of course, I was... um, proven correct when we get to the opening credits, but even Visions, the way he's dressed in these in these jeans and this button-up plaid shirt, he's very reminiscent of Stephen Keaton. His hairstyle, however, is, reminds me more of, more like Andy when Andy came onto the show when they got their new kid. But anyway, as Vision is off looking for the binkies, Wanda is watching the two children, the babies, they're crying. And she says out loud, she goes, well, you know, they say that parents aren't supposed to cheat, but I don't know that I have a choice or something to that effect. And she tries to use her magic powers to put the two babies to sleep, but it does not work. And I made a note that magic doesn't seem to work on the babies. And we get a little bit more of that later or a little clue about that later. She even says, why won't you do what I want? But she says it, she says it kind of lighthearted. She's not upset. She's not angry. She's not confused. But I believe that is another clue about her magic not working on the children. 
Vision comes back with the binkies stuck in his ears. It's a really kind of funny moment. And she pulls them out of his ears and he goes, they, they also function as, as noise canceling devices. And so they give the binkies to the, uh, to the kids, which don't worry, they weren't really in his ears. He didn't have ears. He's a freaking synthesoid, if you remember. But the kids spit him right back out. And they are kind of at their wits end at this point. And that's when Agnes shows up. She just walks in the front door. Hello, neighbors. And she's dressed head to toe in your very basic 80s Jane Fonda workout, stretchy spandex exercise outfit type thing. And she's got big hair. Wanda's got big hair. And she's there to help the couple. And there's this kind of weird moment where she's like, uh, she says, well, here, let me take the children. And Vision, acting very much like your basic sitcom overprotective new dad, starts saying, well, maybe you should wash your hands. Or maybe, you know, are your hands clean? Well, maybe we should do Maybe you just shouldn't touch the babies at all. And that really throws Agnes through a loop. And she steps out of character for a moment. It's a very weird moment. And she just kind of pauses and she turns and she looks at Wanda and she just says, um, do you, do you want me to take it from the top? Do you want me to start over? And Vision says, Vision's like, what, what did you say? And Wanda's like laughing and she's like, what, 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 what do you mean? And, and it really kind of freaks Vision out and it, and it makes me believe, and there's, there's some other things that happen really quick after this. There's, it's very obvious at this point that Agnes understands what's going on. Agnes knows that Wanda is controlling everything. And it's almost as if she has a higher level of knowledge than than almost even Wanda herself, to a certain extent. That's kind of what I felt here. And it's like she knew the script coming into the room because at one point she goes, well, do you want me to start from the top? I mean, you want me to hold the kids, right? And she, it's like she knew what the script was. She knew um, what Wanda wanted, how she had set up the scene, how she had written the scene. And Vision went off script and threw her off. And so like an actress stepping out of the role and turning to the director, she's, you know, do you want me to start from the beginning? And and uh, eventually she she goes back into her Agnes role and Wanda's like, well, of course you can hold the children. And, and Vision pulls Wanda aside and he's like, what is going on? That was really weird. And Wanda's acting like he's the one that's acting weird. Well, what are you talking about? That's just, just Agnes being Agnes. And He's like, no, 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 something's going on here. Don't you see it? And they keep looking over at Agnes. And the first time they look over at her, she's she's not holding the children. She's doing these exercises while holding on to the bassinets. So she's like exercising, using the bassinets, which also caused the bassinets to rock. So she's like killing two birds with one stone. She's exercising and rocking the babies at the same time. And then, then the two continue to argue some more. When they look back, she's she's got this like a mister and she's spraying uh misting lavender over the top of the babies and she's like oh don't worry lavender it's very calming and and uh i meant to look that up i wrote that down and it was one of the things i meant to look up to see if lavender is something that witches use maybe in rituals and or if it's got magical medicinal properties or something and when they look at her the third time, she's now over at the bar between the the, the kitchen and the, the living room, and she's looking through their liquor. And she goes, oh, don't worry about me. I'm just looking for the dark liquor. And they give her this look, and she goes, no, 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 no. Don't worry. It's not for me. It's not for the babysitter. It's for the children. And 
I again, I wrote that down. I meant to look that up because I found that very odd, but I didn't in my excitement to start talking about this. So if anybody wants to look those up and throw me a line, I mean, I'll probably look them up when I'm done recording, but they go back to arguing and then suddenly Vision just stops and he goes, do you hear that? Wanda, do you hear that? And Wanda's like, what? What do you hear? And he goes, nothing. The babies are asleep. And they're like, yay. And they go to look at the babies and they're not there. They're no longer in their bassinets. They have just a moment to freak out when they turn around and there's Tommy and Billy and they are now five years old. And then for an even bigger freak out on my part, they turn back around and there's Agnes sitting on the bar drinking out of like a freaking margarita glass or something. And she looks at them and kind of shrugs her shoulders and she says, kids can't control them no matter how hard you try. And that's when they kick into the theme song. And I felt... I mean, first of all, they really nailed home there in that opening scene that Agnes knows what's going on. Agnes, again, has a level of knowledge that maybe we don't. And I think that was her way of warning Wanda. You may be able to control all of this. You cannot control those children. They do not. They're not susceptible to whatever your hex magic does, your reality powers, whatever you do, you're not going to be able to control them. I also think, I'll go into more of my theories again later, but like I said, they're really kind of, they they spend a lot of this episode really nailing home the idea that Wanda is the big bad. Wanda's doing all this, she's in control, she's manipulating everybody, and while I do agree that is true, that is what's happening, I also feel that there's a bigger bad behind all of it. This is one of those shows that, you know, they're not going to reveal by the end of episode four. They're not even halfway into the series yet. Granted, there's only nine episodes, but still, I think they're going to hold off on a bigger reveal till later in the series. I think, you know, in a lot of TV shows that are a little more straight-laced or a little more straightforward, of course, they're going to introduce the big bad right away so you know who our protagonists are going up against, who our heroes are fighting against. But there's also those shows that present you with the big bad, only to find out later that there's an even bigger bad behind it all. And I think that's what we're going to find out here. In fact, that, I think, is where my Stephen Strange uh, theory comes into play. And if I can remember to talk about it at the end of the episode, I will. But we go into the opening theme, which really hits home with the whole Family Ties thing, because Family Ties, their opening theme was somebody painting a mural of the family and then showing pictures of each member of the family from a baby through like toddler, high school, adult, and all that. They do the same thing here, which is actually really quite funny because they show Wanda as a baby and as a toddler and as a teenager and all that. But then they do that with freaking Vision as well. And I'm I'm watching this. I'm watching the whole part with Wanda, and I'm like, well, how are they going to do this with Vision? Because he he was created in a lab. You know, he didn't have a childhood, but they show pictures of him as a baby in the crib, and he's red, and he's got these Vision, and they show him as a toddler. It was it was an adorable freaking little Vision toddler baby and stuff. It was really funny. But the one thing I did write down about the theme song, I didn't I didn't pick up much about the lyrics except for the chorus which kept repeating, making it up as we go along. And that's that's what I think Wanda is doing. Again, I think she's in, quote unquote, control, but I think she's being manipulated. 
And I think the day-to-day stuff, I think what she's trying to do here to create this life for her envision, she's making it up as she goes along. I don't think that every all of her actions are being manipulated by somebody, but I think she has been coer- coerced, coerced into doing this. I think there's somebody else behind this. I just don't know exactly how at this point. Now, then we we get to the 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 briefing with Sword and the director is there and Monica's there and Jimmy and Darcy and everybody else is there. And there it's it's very obvious that the director of Sword wants to paint Monica, not Monica. He went it's it's very obvious that the director of Sword is trying to paint Wanda as a villain from the very beginning, all the way up through her entire history. Everything she's done is villainous. She is a villain. There's no turning away from that. Jimmy, on the other hand, is trying to point out that, yes, she may have had a storied past, but she was an Avenger. The Avengers trusted her. She did heroic things. She is a hero. She has saved our world. And the director's not having any of it. And he points out um, she was working for Ultron. She did uh, volunteer to join Hydra. She did fight the Avengers. Look at what happened in Lagos. And that's a reference to Captain America Civil War, where she stops that bomb from exploding and killing all those people down there in the market area. But while trying to dispose it of the bomb, of course, it explodes up next to a building and kills a bunch of Wakandans. And there's a reference. There's another reference to that later in the show. But then the director shows this footage taken from the sword headquarters from uh, their their security cameras he said he's 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 been given permission now to show this to everybody and it was taken 9 days ago and it's of Wanda just breaking into sword like in the middle of the day she just comes in forces her way into sword we find out that vision's body had been kept at sword and she basically used her powers to muscle her way in and steal Vision's body. Again, another way for them to nail home the idea that this is all Wanda. Wanda's the bad guy. And again, I don't think she's free of guilt. I just think there's more to it. There's some, at that point, there's some uh, talk between Darcy and Jimmy and and uh, Monica. I think Monica's there, but Darcy asked the question to Jimmy, how did she bring vision back without the mind stone. And, and, uh, that, that was something I specifically wrote down because the infinity stones are involved here. I do believe. So we go back to within Westview and the two boys who are now five years old, they are washing a dog in the kitchen sink. Wanda comes in, they try to hide the dog from Wanda, uh, you know, very, very sitcom like, and so she discovers the dog and Vision comes in and he's like, oh, you guys got a dog. And they're like, can we keep the dog? Well, Vision, when he comes downstairs, he's not, he's in his disguise. When he's out among people, he looks like a regular person. When he's at home, he doesn't disguise himself. He looks like Vision. He just wears regular clothes over his Vision body. Well, when he comes downstairs, he looks like a regular human being. And Wanda asks him about that, and he says, well, I just have a feeling, you know, that somebody's going to barge in on us. And sure enough, here comes Agnes, and she's got a doghouse. And Vision's like, and she's brought the exact thing that we happen to need at this very moment. And she says, well, I saw through my kitchen window that you guys got a dog, and I thought I'd bring you this doghouse. And she goes, what are you going to name the dog, boys? And the dog starts sniffing around an electrical outlet, and one of the boys goes, let's call him Sniffy. And then the uh, the dog, I guess because he's wet, the electrical outlet pops and sparks. And she goes, oh, maybe we should call him Sparky. 
And then Wanda says, well, let's make it official. And she just uses her magic right there in front of Agnes to create a collar with the tag on it with the dog's name. And Vision just starts freaking out. What are you doing? Why are you doing magic around Agnes? And she goes, oh, she didn't notice. Besides, she was there when the boys went from babies to five years old. She knows what we can do. And frankly, she basically tells him she's tired of hiding who she is. And she tells Vision that he can go back to the way he looks. It's okay, but he doesn't feel good about it. But they end up turning to the boys and and Wanda's saying, you know, we can't really have a dog and we don't think you're old enough to take care of a dog. We really think that if, you know, in order for you to be responsible enough to take care of a dog, we think you need to be, and Vision like kind of clears his throat and under his breath says 10. And she says, we think you should be 10 years old. And then the two boys look at each other and right away Vision and Wanda are like, no, no, don't you do it. And they suddenly go from five years old to 10 years old right in front of all of them. And then they end up getting to keep their dog. So at one point, we're back with outside of uh, Westview in the sword encampment. And Darcy refers to the anomaly, the field around Westview. She calls it the anomaly. She refers to it as the hex due to its hexagonal shape. And I wonder, could that really be what all the hexagon stuff is all about? Were they just trying to tell us that the hex equals or the hexagons equals hex, which is they've always referred to Wanda's magic in the comic books as hex magic. Were that was all that just trying to tell us Wanda's behind all this? Was that it? Was that the whole reason behind the hexagons? I don't know, but maybe. Monica and Darcy and Jimmy are talking about Mon- uh, about Wanda. Um, how could she bring vision back to life? This kind of stuff. And and Jimmy basically says that Wanda was powerful enough to take out Thanos. She could have taken out Thanos when all that started, but I think he was just trying to say that because she got distracted with the whole thing with Vision and having to destroy the Mind Stone that that uh had she not been distracted, she could have taken him out in the first place. And I think Monica says something to the effect, uh, you know, nobody's that powerful and and uh Jimmy says, "Well, Captain Marvel almost took him out." And that immediately Monica is uncomfortable. And we don't know why. I mean, obviously, we know that Monica knows Captain Marvel. She, uh, her mom and Carol Danvers, who is Captain Marvel, were best friends. They were in the military together. Um, When Monica was a little girl, Carol was like an aunt to her. And Carol called her Lieutenant Trouble. So I don't know. It just it it still seemed weird for her to, to look uncomfortable. And we actually get kind of a knowing look between Jimmy and Darcy when Monica is visibly uncomfortable at the, the the name Captain Marvel. So there's something else going on there, I have to assume. Darcy then brings up, well, Captain Marvel, she got her powers from an Infinity Stone, right? And Monica just, we're, we're not here to talk about her. Let's let's talk about what's going on with with Wanda. And this is where we find out what their clothes, what, what happened with their clothes, why she was still wearing her clothes and whatnot. She she explains to everybody that what Wanda is doing is not creating an illusion, that the the she's rewriting reality. Because Jimmy asks, has anybody discovered who is playing the boys? And Monica says, no, those are Wanda's babies. Wanda created them. And somebody asked her an illusion and that, no, this none of that is an illusion. All of this stuff is real. And that's when she has this idea because she's trying to figure out a way to get back into Westview without 
being changed. And so she goes to find her clothes. She goes back to the lab. Her clothes are still there. And she's 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 feeling the clothes and she looks at the computer that has analyzed the clothes and she takes Jimmy's gun and she fires him, fires the gun at her pants, which uh, deflects her bullets. And we discover that because she was wearing a bulletproof vest when she went into Westview, Monica's, or Monica, I'm, I'm going to do that a lot. Wanda's powers basically took everything that Monica was wearing and transformed them into the new clothes. So her pants were like 80% Kevlar. So then she has this other idea. She's like, well, if if it's all stage dressing, if it has to fit that reality, then I have an idea. And they send a drone in that was built in the 80s. So they have the drone with uh, 80s tech on it and they send it in and uh, we're in Westview and and Wanda is in the house with the boys. And there's actually, I feel like, I can't remember when it comes in because I didn't write it down, but... Before that, I feel there is a moment where Vision is, he's at work and they're setting up these new computers and Norm, his coworker, is, is really excited about these new fangled computers and, and Vision's like, now we can surf the internet and Norm says, cowabunga, dude. And, and so they, they access the internet and it's very DOS based and they get an email and they're reading the email and it's it's like a, a freaking email from S.W.O.R.D. It's an internal S.W.O.R.D. email. And Norm starts reading it and it has he's reading it. Everybody, everybody else in the office starts reading it along with him. And they're all they're all talking at one time in one monotone voice. And the the email is basically saying that the people in Westview are being controlled by Monica Geez, what I'm gonna keep doing that. The people in Westview are being controlled by Wanda, and she, you know, she's taken over the town and blah, blah, blah. And Vision is looking at that, and he, he again, he's very he knows something is going on. He's starting to put it all together. And he even goes over to Norm and he touches well, first he touches both sides of the computer and the the email goes away. Then he touches Norm's head. He puts a a finger to each temple and shoots a little electronic burst into Norm's head. And Norm's real self comes out and he's freaking out. Oh my God, where am I? I have to call my wife. You don't understand. She's in my head. She's telling me what to do. And Wanda's doing all this and he is freaking scared. So Vision touches him again on the head and reverts him back to his character. And that's when we get to where where they send the drone in. Wanda is at home with the kids and the dog goes to the front door and starts scratching at the front door and he's whining and the boys are like, mom, Sparky is afraid. And they hear what sounds like an airplane. And so she goes outside and S.W.O.R.D. has sent in this drone. Monica is controlling it. She's got a microphone and she's trying to talk to Wanda. She says, Wanda, this is Captain Monica Rambeau of S.W.O.R.D. I, we just want to talk. And you see this close up of Wanda's face through the camera of the drone and her eyes start to glow. And the director of S.W.O.R.D. goes, she doesn't want to talk. Take it over. And Monica's like, what? What's happening? I've lost control of the drone. Well, there's another guy there who's now taken over control of the drone from his station. And then he fires a missile at freaking Wanda. And suddenly alarms start going off and somebody's like, we got a breach, sir. And they all run outside and Monica steps through the field. Jeez, again, I'm going to keep doing that. I apologize. Wanda steps through the field. She is now in her Avengers outfit. She's no longer in her 80s garb. She's It's the same outfit she wore, I think, in Endgame. And she tells them all to leave her alone. 
leave her home alone. There will be consequences. They're all pointing guns at her. She uses her hex power so that the guns all move simultaneously to be pointed at the director. And then she does something to the field. We don't know if she strengthens it maybe because it goes red and it's darker. And then she steps back inside. But not before Monica, you know, she steps up and she's like, Wanda, you know you can trust me. Why else would you let a known sword agent into Westview? It was to help you deliver your children. You know that I don't bear you any ill will. You want me to help you. That's why you did it. And Wanda's like, stay out of my home. And she goes back into Westview. This whole time when she's outside of Westview talking to them, though, she's her accent is back. And I've made comments over the years that why did Wanda's accent, We she's got a very definite accent in Age of Ultron, but after that, you don't really hear it. And as I've rewatched the movies over and over, I do find that she does have her accent. It's just, it's like they, they're not really leaning on it too much. It's there, but you, you almost got to really listen for it to pick up on it. But it's it's obviously back in this scene. We then get a, a, a commercial for paper towels. There's this mother in a kitchen and these two boys and one of them knocks over a glass of red juice and she's trying to clean it up with the paper towel. And they're like, why are you still using those old paper towels? Use Lagos paper towels. Lagos for when you make a mess, you didn't mean to. And very much, again, Wanda's backstory. I feel like these commercials are just telling us these, these, uh, these are almost like Wanda's, this is Wanda saying, this is not my fault. I, that's what I think. I think she's saying, okay, so the toaster was supposed to represent the Stark shell that uh, never went off and kind of drove me a little bit insane. The Strucker watch is representative of Baron Strucker, who worked for Hydra, who manipulated her and experimented on her. Hydralax, obviously, Hydra, uh, awakened the goddess within. They're the ones that gave her her powers through Baron Strucker. And now this is Lagos. Yes, she, you know, all those people died in that explosion, but she was trying to help everybody. It wasn't her fault. And I think that's what these these commercials are trying to do. Here's all these moments in my life that has brought me to this, this point. I think we're going to see more commercials that will become a little bit more clear. And I, I do believe it's her. Like I said, I think there's somebody else behind this. And maybe these commercials are her subconscious coming through. It's her cry for help. It's her way of, of trying to, you know, ask for help, or maybe it, it, maybe it is all her. And this is her subconscious saying, um, yeah, I'm doing bad things, but it's not my fault. It's, it's because of the way I was, I was, I was raised and what happened to me in life. Um, but I still feel there's somebody, there's somebody, there's a big bad. So from there, Wanda and the boys are walking around town. They can't find Sparky. Sparky is missing. The mailman is walking by and he's like, what's wrong, boys? And we can't find our dog. And he goes, oh, don't worry. Your mom won't let him stay gone for long. And he gives Wanda a knowing look as if some of these characters now are starting to understand that she's the one who's in control and that she would not let anything bad happen to her family. Well, they wind up at Agnes's house. There's a bush that's moving. They think it's Sparky, but Agnes is crouched down behind the bush. She she stands up and we find out that she is holding the, the body of Sparky wrapped up in a blanket. She's crying. She said that Sparky had gotten into her, her, her azalea bushes and had eaten too many of them before she discovered him. And that's what killed the dog. She was trying to wrap him up 
so they wouldn't have to see him. Um, the boys are basically, they look to their mom and say, fix it, mom. You, you got to make it better. She says, no, I can't. I can't do that. That's that. You can't do that. And she says, one of them says, you can fix anything, mom. Fix dead. And Agnes just looks really confused. And she says, you can do that. And it was, it was one of these moments where it's like Agnes understands what's going on, but maybe she doesn't understand the full extent of Wanda's power. And I think that comment kind of threw her through a loop. And she's like, can you, you can do that. Um, but Wanda says, no, she can't do that. There are rules. She says, vision shows up. He, uh, he's very sad for the boys. They go home. Wanda is putting away all of the, the dog toys. She's talking about how sad it is that the boys get a new dog and the very same day the, the dog dies. And she's like, but you know, that that's what happens in suburbia. And Vision just turns to her and he goes, I talked to Norm today. And she says, oh, OK, that's good. And he goes, no, I accessed the real Norm. I opened up his mind. And then they she's like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's basically like, I, I understand. I know what's going on now. I know that, you know, that you're controlling everybody. And um, they start arguing about it. And she tells him to stop. Stop talking about it. Let's go in and watch TV. And he's like, no, we're going to talk about this. You can't control me like you do them. And she goes, can't I? And then the credits start rolling. And she turns around, she goes, I'm going to go watch TV. And she starts to walk away. And he's like, no. And he starts arguing with her as, or no, she says, I'm going to bed. And he says, no. And they, they, they continue to argue in the kitchen as the credits are rolling. He is freaking pissed. And at one point he yells at her and the credits just like dissolve. They like, there's like a bit of static and they just like kind of pop away. And they almost throw down. She starts to use her hex magic. He uh, he yells at her and levitates up, and then she levitates up. And as they're arguing, he brings up a point that, um, you know, she's like, I made this for us. This is our life. This is what you've always wanted. And he goes, I don't know what I wanted. I can't remember my life before Westview. I don't know anything about who I am. And then he asks her, why are there no other children in Westview? And what are you talking about? That's ridiculous. And he says, no, there are every day I walk to work and the playgrounds and the schools are empty. And she sits down on the couch and she's like, I'm not controlling all of this. That's insane. How can I just, I can't, I'm not controlling, you know, who's walking their dogs and, and everything that everybody does in this, this town. That's crazy. And then she kind of says, I don't know how any of this started in the first place. And that's that's what's gotten me thinking that somebody else is behind this. And then the doorbell rings and she looks at Vision and she goes, I didn't do that. She goes, you don't believe me, but I didn't do that. And then the doorbell rings again. She gets up, she answers the door and she gets this startled look on her face. We then see Darcy watching the show in the sword camp and she's like, like what? What's happening? What's happening? And and here I'm thinking at this point, this is where Doctor Strange comes in, but it's not Doctor Strange because the camera pans back and we are now standing behind whoever is standing in the doorway. And here, there's here's some some huge spoilers, folks. If you haven't watched this, they have white hair, and I'm thinking, Petro, did she bring Petro back to life? And when the camera shows who it is, it is Petro, but it's the freaking Quicksilver from the X-Men movies. Now I had heard theories that they were going to bring this guy in somebody just this really crackpot theories that what if they bring back, what if they bring back Petro, but it's the guy from the freaking X-Men movies instead. What if he comes on the show there? We know that he's going to be, or we know that 
Wanda is going to go on after this show to be in Doctor Strange, the multiverse of madness. Is this how it's kicked off? Because now here is a alternate version of Petro on this show. And it's straight up the actor who played Quicksilver in the freaking X-Men movies. And he steps into the house. And he's like, well, you can't, you don't, don't got a warm welcome for an old, for, for your brother. And she's like, Petro? And she seems just as surprised as anybody else. He looks over at Vision. He goes, "Eh, who's the popsicle? And then that's how the show ends. So again, my big theories here are this. Yes, Wanda is doing this, but somebody else is behind it. That is why she made the comment, I don't know how any of this started in the first place. That is why she is surprised to see, not only see Petro, but an alternate version. I don't know if she understands that it's an alternate version, she obviously recognized him as Petro, but I couldn't tell if she it was more of you're obviously Petro, but you're not the Petro that I know. It was it was kind of a weird moment. And uh, I do think that Doctor Strange will show up before the end of the series. I hope he does anyway. But that's my belief and that we know that the show is going to lead into his movie. So I think he's going to be a part of this episode or part of this series near the end. And he's going to step in to either reveal who the big bad is or he is going to step in when the actual big bad is revealed. Now, who that big bad is, I don't know, because everybody thinks it's Mephisto, but I recently did a rewatch of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, and there is the 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 after credit scene at the end of the Doctor Strange movie that has Mordo, who appears to be going around killing sorcerers. I don't think they would have put him in an after credit scene unless he has something to do with the next movie. So is he going to be involved? Is is he the actually, is he the one that Paul Bettany is really excited to work with? You know, we theorize that Dr. Strange is coming back because a surprise actor is coming back. Could the surprise actor be the guy who is in, who's playing Quicksilver? I don't know, man. I'm totally confused, but I, I feel like Mordo has, is that his name, Mordo? Baron Mordo? He's got something to do with this. Is that his name? No, I got to look this up. Hold on. Yeah, Baron Mordo. Um, Well, Carl Mordo, Baron Mordo. Is he going to show up? Is he the big bad? I don't know. Maybe he has reached a level of power. Maybe he's doing like a, a Green Lantern. Remember when Green Lantern went crazy and he went around and killed all the other Green Lanterns? and he was stealing their rings, and he became Parallax, and he became super powerful because of it. Maybe that's what's going on with Mordo. Maybe he's killing sorcerers, and he's taking their power, and now he's like hugely powerful. I don't know. I don't know who the big bad is. I just feel like there's there's another big bad coming, and we're going to get the reveal in the next couple of episodes. That is my theory, and I may be wrong, and I am not afraid to admit when I am wrong. And if I am proven wrong, I'll be the first one to stand up and say, yeah, I was wrong because I, I I won't be angry about it because I have faith in the people who have made this show that whatever happens is going to be freaking good. Now, I am looking at Baron Mordo's page on freaking Wikipedia and under movies and TV shows, it has him listed under Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So we'll see. We'll see who the big bad is. It could be Mephisto. Maybe he's the big bad and Baron Mordo is working for him. I don't know. I don't care right now who the big bad is. At the moment, it's Wanda. 
We'll see what happens later. This episode was freaking amazing. I I just I just love a show that just keeps getting better and better and better as it keeps going. And I love Disney Plus for not going the Netflix route and releasing all the episodes at the same time. I know people were upset when they did that with the first season of Mandalorian. They were like, wait a minute. They're, they're not putting it all up there at the same time like freaking Netflix does? What kind of crap is that? But I enjoy watching it this way so much more. It makes the show that much more enjoyable because you get to spread it out. It's not You're not watching it in one day and then you have to sit there and try to deal with everything you've learned over the span of that day. You get, you get all this time. You get nine weeks to let it all sink in and I... I really appreciate Disney Plus for doing it that way. And I appreciate y'all for listening. That's my episode, folks. Talk to you later. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park